I remember someone brought it to uh, some event I was speaking at, and uh, want, you know, where I was giving out autographs ahead of the event, and uh, someone brought it up, and I go, "Wow!" Anyway, it was it was it was fun to have that, especially with my history here at OU and knowing Billy so well. And teasingly, Billy, when he saw the photo not long after I did, he called me up and said, "Hey, coach." He said, if it was tag, you didn't have me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we and he, he's wrong. He posted something like he had a, he had uh, his 100 by halftime. My man was in the fourth quarter all the way to the end of the game trying to get his 100. He didn't look up the stats on the game. He had very little over 100, and he had took all four quarters to get it. Yeah, I do. I remember – uh, coming up through the line, and I'm like, man, I can't handle that guy in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm a, I'm a, at the time, I'm a 180 pound defensive back. I said, I need to, well, that was my freshman year, so I was about 175 pounds. So I got to find a way to get out of this and still try and make Billy, de- you know, detour a little bit, and I just jumped over him. I, like I said, I had no chance running into him. Uh, that's pretty good. Don't you try and slip something past that Iowa defense that Coach Stoops was on his freshman year with some uh, false rushing statistics, Billy? They were probably uh, scoring as many points then as uh, they are now. Ooh, Talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah. You know? uh, enough to get their offensive coordinator that year a raise? <laughs> well... Under the stipulation of you better score this many, what is it, like 25 points a game for Ference's son, maybe? I, I can't remember what the exact number is. Um, or else, like, you might be fired at the end of the year. Uh, sorry, Western Michigan. They're going to be trying to score every single it, second of that football It's game. one of the most odd situations with, a, with an offensive coordinator I think I've seen. That stipulation. Like, you have to score this many points a game or basically or else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they – who wins the Iowa State-Iowa game this year? Uh, well, Iowa State finally got them. Uh, yeah. Well, they beat them last year, yeah. right? It's like the one of the only games they won all year. All of their great typically... players finally graduate, and they beat them for the first time in, in a while. Um, is the game in Ames or in Iowa City? I know that that hasn't really mattered much as of uh, as of late. That game is at it's in Ames, right? Ames, yeah. Two thirty kickoff on Fox. You know what? Give me Iowa State in a four to three win in that one. Iowa State wins four to three. Ten seven last year. Petrus threw for ninety two Bills. Leading rusher was uh, Williams with 34 on the day. For 92 bills or just 92 yards? 92 yards. Jeez. (laughs) I mean, that is. What a rivalry. I would say that, you know, it's that really good Iowa State defense, but Iowa beat South Dakota State the week before 7-3. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. In, In this day and age in college football, with all the rules going to the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it really is crazy. It really is. Um, okay, we are less than an hour away from three-star running back Xavier Robinson committing uh, between OU and Iowa State. It's decision day for him. 2,594 yards. What, what, which, which of these is the most impressive, okay? okay? Last year, his junior year at Carl Albert, 
2,594 rushing yards, 39 touchdowns, 9.4 yards per carry, 185 rushing yards per game. Out of those four numbers, which one's the most impressive? 9.4 carry. That's I what think. I said. Parker said the 2,594 yards. I'm, I'm, and I know that high-level running backs average a lot of yards per carry, but golly, man, over nine like, yards of carry. Leading, like, is he their go-to guy? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you're talking about – They're really about, good uh, everywhere else. Yeah. I mean, that's – And he probably didn't play in, you know, every single second half last year. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, he had like 275 carries. That's not a lot in a – how many games do you think they played? Um, I think they played a 10-game regular season, and they won the state championship, 13? so 13-14. Um, that's like 20 carries a game. It's not like he's they're just feeding him the ball 40 times a game. You see that sometimes with guys that, that get some of those numbers with touchdowns up real high. Um, it's all impressive, honestly. 39 touchdowns, impressive. Yeah, that's you know, and I may be looking too deep into this, but he is six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds. Like he's listed as a running back, but there is definitely a chance that he ends up playing more of an H back role within this offense. I don't think that that's necessarily a given, but with the body and skill set that he that he that he has, I think that there's definitely a scenario where that's the case. So that's why I think I mean, this is at least one of the many ways why this is interesting if he picks OU. Because it gives us maybe a little bit of a glimpse into how Jeff Lebby wants to handle a position that's been so good to OU for over 20 years now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we were wondering if they were going to, new offensive coordinator, are they going to abandon that fullback, H-back role? And if they get this commitment today, it kind of says to me that, no, they're not They're not going to do that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know... It's kind of interesting, and I don't know if it was because of, um, like, because Joe John Finley did not want to use H back anymore. He's like, these are tight ends. We're not, yeah, we're not calling H back anymore. But we did see Braden Willis play that role quite a bit as a guy in the backfield, running split zone, running lead, um, you know, running routes out of the backfield. He kind of. Like that was he was one of our better players offensively. So it's still even though we didn't technically have that player, like that's really what we got from Braden Willis a year ago. So we still had had that guy, that Swiss Army knife, be a huge part of our offense. It's just it's kind of always been there. And I mean that's that's one of those glaring um, holes in our offense heading into next year's who yeah who is that guy who is sure. that guy I mean do they do they find a, a different style offensively or is there going to be someone that fills that role yet to be determined because it's nice to have a guy like that that can um, you know put his uh, hat down in the run game yeah if your offensive line is just not elite all across the board like just just to be able to have that versatile player. Run blocking uh, can can help out quite a bit, but yeah, I don't. I mean, we know who the starting tight end is going to be, but I would 
I don't think anyone projects Stogner to play any sort of an H-back role this year. Yeah. I, I You don't expect that, but I don't know. I, someone's going to have to do it. I would think Stogner's going to be your inline tight end guy, your split out tight end guy. And you know one of the one of the other players there that they've picked up through the transfer portal uh, probably take on that role. Maybe you have a, a former backup quarterback as your as your H back. I don't know. <laughs> um, what yeah. Davis Bevel's going to be your no. H back this year? Is that what you're calling? Was for? Wasn't that the joke? Was it or no? That was uh, that was General Booty that they said. No, I. Oh, the uh, yeah. Yeah, yes. th- that that blocking H back role has been such a massive part of of Oklahoma's offense. You go back as far as you want. Well, that's what uh, we brought it up with Coach Stoops before. Is his very first fullback was Seth Latrell. Yeah, and then after Seth Latrell, you, you ended up having J D. Runnels. Was there anyone in Chris between? Chris Tony. Chris Tony. Yes, but you really go through every single year, and you had. You yeah. had a big time fullback or H back. Like you've had someone in that role since 1999. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens there. I mean, I I, I don't know right now who's going to be that guy, and I don't know what they're going to. I mean, I, I would be. You always kind of form fit your offense to what your roster is, but. You got to have a guy that can line up in the backfield, run split zone, run split lead, run run ISO a little bit like we saw a year ago. You know, run power like like we saw. You know, it's it gives you an extra blocker. I think the quarterback run game is going to be a bigger factor this year. You can give get some unique looks out of that run quarterback. I just, I just and like stuff. the position. It just gives you something else that you could throw up for a potential matchup issue, man. Well, and I said that like I think that. You know, just kind of based off of his his height and weight, and what I've seen of him, it's he's a, a, a kind of a Mikey Henderson type of body. And and you know, if he puts on weight whenever he gets here, this isn't to say that he can't be a running back. Absolutely, absolutely, can be a running back at six. He can maybe be your closer uh, yeah. type of back, which OU's had some success with in the fourth quarter recently. Big, powerful back. So. But if they really want to get to having an H back, and they don't have that guy this year, then not only can Xavier Robinson be a big part of the offense throughout his OU career if he picks OU at six p.m. It could potentially be a big factor right away, right? If that guy doesn't develop this year, yeah, yeah. No. But yeah, six foot two, two twenty, at a Carl Albert. He's going to play on that incredible Carl Albert team that might just mash everyone in five A this year. Uh, three star, and he's got offers from. Really, it's down to OU and Iowa State. Uh, but he's got offers from OU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Colorado, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame was in on this recruitment at one point. Kansas State, KU, Houston. So there's just kind of a yeah. some some offers that he has across the board. Well, I'd say that uh, we should be in a pretty good position with him there. Five eight zero. You think Tawi Walker can play that role? Talking about the uh, the H back. Apparently, he had a pretty nice spring, right? Yeah, I mean, could he? Yes, but that's not. That's, I don't think that's what you want Tawi Walker doing. I wouldn't mind if Tawi Walker's that fourth uh, fourth quarter second half back that we just talked about. I'll, I'll just or tell you right line, now, whatever. As a linebacker, 
I would rather any one of their tight ends on the roster right now be that H-back guy other than Tawi Walker. He is exactly what you don't want blocking you at fullback. Uh, there's no surface area there. Uh, he is barely off the ground. All you have is helmet and shoulder pads there. You got no surface area. Give me a 6'6". I, I don't know what Stogner is, 6'6", 265, 270. You can put him as big as you want. When they're that tall and they have all that surface area, not a problem. You want Tommy Walker going north and south and from the backfield. Yeah, that's, that's what you want. That's a problem right there. Uh, 918, would Xavier be our biggest running back? If so, couldn't we use him in year one or is halfback more complex than running back? Uh, H-back more complex than running back? Well, I I think it's more complex because you're like just some of the blocking stuff. Like I said, split zone counter, um, you know, just some of the 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 different blocking things you have to do. Obviously, protections out of the H back. You also, when you're an H back, you have to be an inline tight end. You also have to be a guy that can split out. You have to do a lot. Um, running back, you know, biggest focuses clearly what you do carrying the ball, what do you have in your route progressions, and uh, blitz pickup pass protection. So you kind of have all of that at H-back plus uh, a, a much bigger workload and mental load whenever it comes to what do you what, what are you blocking in the running game? Uh, by the way, for what it's worth, uh, all the crystal balls are pointing towards OU getting Xavier Robinson here in about 45 minutes. So. Sweet. There's that. It'd be a bad deal if it wasn't. The <laughs> a Coral Albert kid picking Iowa State over OU. Well, you think? I know that just happened with Cooper Alexander. I understand. Which? What's the problem there? What happened? Why don't you go ask your buddies up there? Um, what happened? I don't know if. I don't know. I did they mishandle that recruitment? Did they wait too late to offer? I I, I don't know. But that would uh, that one surprise me too. Maybe the kid just wanted to go to Iowa State. Well, judging by. Uh, Recent track records of uh, Norman area tight ends that go up to the state of Iowa. It's, all American. It's been pretty good so far. Yeah. You're a shoe in for an all American. <laughs> wow. Um, wow, this is sad news. This just yeah. broke about 20 minutes ago. You seeing this? Yeah. Um, former Arkansas quarterback Ryan Mallett has drowned in Florida. That's that's tough. Yeah, not a lot of details there. He was 35 just, years old, man. Yeah, was just hired as a head coach. Whitehall High School in uh, in Arkansas. Whitehall High School in Arkansas. Um, I'm guessing was on vacation down in Florida. He he was at a beach, I guess. It's, it's really about all the info you've got and was taken to a local hospital. Um, that's wild. Who knows what the situation is? Um, I, who was the guy? Why am I drawing a blank on the player that almost died trying to save his son and niece? Oh, Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis, yes. Um could have been something like that. Who knows? Um, God, that's terrible. Still a really young guy, man. 35 years old. Mm. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, started his career at Michigan. I think he was a Texarkana kid. Uh, Michigan, and then ended up transferring back to Arkansas and was a starting quarterback there, I think, for maybe two, three years. Yeah. So it's a very, very notable name. Um, I think very notable name if you've been calling, uh, following college football for a while, but definitely for Arkansas fans. Yeah, that's brutal. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the Knippelmeyer text line, 651-3439. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network.
At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. And the hottest selection in town good. Plus, to build relationships, receive better customer experience, and get personal service. So remember, eat, shop, play, and stay the summer in Norman. The Mont invites you to come by and enjoy our high-quality food and drinks in our historic atmosphere. The Mont has won numerous awards, including Best Restaurant in Norman, Best Appetizer for our Great Queso, Best Exotic Drink for the Original Swirl, the Best Patio Dining for our beautifully landscaped patio. Come see the Town Tavern, OU football scoreboards dating back to 1947. We'll see you at the Mont on the corner of Boyd and Classen, or call us at 329-3330. It is the rush on the ref inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, keep the text coming on the Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. We do have some transfer portal news. Um, it was rumored this was going to happen, and then I guess about an hour ago it was official. Latrell McCutcheon, former Sooner, former USC Trojan. He's headed back to the Big 12 to play for Houston. Hmm. So, well, um, no one will be rooting for Texas when they play Houston this year, at least not OU fans, but might OU fans at least crack a smile if Houston wins, but Latrell McCutcheon gets uh, burnt a few times? Yeah, probably. Did you say no one will be rooting for Houston? I mean, sorry, maybe I did. That's not what I meant. Everyone will be rooting to say, for Houston I'll, over I'll Texas. I'll be rooting for yeah, Houston. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they'll be rooting for Houston, but probably also for uh, McCutcheon to get burned a few times. I I hope Aguebu has a nice season down there in Houston too. I th you know he's he's going back to play edge, um, which I think suits him a little bit better. He's got great length. Um, you know, I, it was just it was hard for him to go from playing that edge position to inside backer. It's it's a totally different position and. If it's the first time that you've really played that and now you're doing it in college, there's a, it's a tough learning curve. And I don't know that he, he ever really found, um, you know, a real comfort there. Playing on the edge, way easier. Still, and Still made one of the more athletic plays I've seen yeah. in the past five years. Was that the Oklahoma State yeah. game? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, but I, I think that I think he can have some success there playing edge at Houston. Cruton Therapist says, please share some coping skills in case Xavier Robinson doesn't pick OU. Well, you're the Cruton Therapist. I was hoping that you could come up with some ideas. I don't, I don't have, I don't have any uh, coping skills at all. What do you, you mean? If you uh, miss out on Xavier Robinson, why don't we just do the same thing everyone at every school has always done since the beginning of college Oh, football. hell, we didn't really want him. Anyway. He wouldn't have played here anyways. He would have been on a scout team for four years. Isn't that what everyone does? Uh, yeah. However, there was a lot of excitement uh, around Xavier Robinson during locked in today. Yeah, and there's usually um, some comments thrown in, like after that post. Several replies later, there's like, uh, I heard he was a, a punk, too, and would have been really bad in the locker room. <laughs> Not sure if he'd even qualify. <laughs> All right, that, isn't that typically how it goes? 
Yeah, he'll either be an All-American or a complete bust. We'll see what happens in uh, about 35 <laughs> minutes or so. Let's, uh, let's have a conversation that's maybe not all that fun. Now, I will say this. I don't know where you're at right now with Texas. University of uh-huh. or the state? Uh, both. I think they're both overrated. Okay. Uh, but I'm more talking about the football program down there in Austin. I don't know where you're at. But I'm somewhere around uh, an eight or nine win team this year, and I know an eight win season and a nine win season can look different. But basically, saying I don't think that they win ten games and win the conference. Maybe I'm even closer to eight games this year. But I'm around eight or nine wins. Where, without looking at the schedule, kind of what are, are you similar to that? Are you more optimistic? I've I've got them at eight wins. Okay, so we're we're right around the same area for Texas. Let's, I, I had them. Just to give a little bit of transparency, I have them losing at Alabama, beating Rice, losing at Alabama, beating Wyoming, and then I just picked between at Baylor and at TCU, they win one of those, okay? So say they win at Baylor. It's two losses. um, Beat Kansas, uh, lose to Oklahoma, beat Houston, beat BYU, lose to Kansas State, um Lose to TCU, beat Iowa State and Texas. That's five. I think you just had five losses. We well, got seven and five. Did then. I say? Well, you said lose to TCU, Bama. Kansas State, Oklahoma, Baylor, or just one between Baylor and TCU. Oh, okay. okay. That's what I said. It's okay, like gotcha. I don't know if it's right. at Baylor or at TCU. So eight and four. All right. So yeah. we're right around the same area for UT. Let's have the not so fun conversation on why we could be wrong about them this year. Okay. What's what is a reason, though you and I obviously don't think it's going to happen, what are the reasons or what's a big reason why Texas could be better than what we think? Skill position at wide receiver and in the trenches? No. Well, see, I keep hearing wide receiver. I They were really good. Like They're not going to be good, as good at the skill positions as they were a year ago. Um, they're not going to well, be close. Well, obviously not at running back, no. I mean, that – Not at running back player. probably yeah. – Backup running back. Like, their two running backs Correct. are really strong. Yes. Um, and you, you lose one of the best backs we've seen in this conference for a long time. Now, there's going to be adequate player fill in there, maybe even a really good player, but it's not going to be B. John Robinson. Um, now, I'll, I'll, I'll give uh, Xavier Worthy some benefit and say he's, he, he has a better year, but that, that, that's not always the case. Um, the big tight end. I'll, I'll say and Sanders. He, I, I actually really do like him. I like him a lot, and I'll even say Quinn Ewers gets better. I the the most concerning thing is there's a lot of there's a lot of rumor. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of people that are really touting what this offensive line for Texas is going to look like. They've got a really good coach there. Um, you've heard me say it. A a thousand times that Sarkeesian's offense is really good. I, I really like his offensive system, and I think he's actually a hell of a play caller. Um, if their offensive line is what people are suggesting it is, and Quinn Ewers has improved, doesn't really matter how much. Like if he's if he's gotten better to where you can tell statistically, leadership wise, uh, comfort wise. Then, you know they're going to be they're going to be tough to deal with offensively. Now, defense, 
They got a good backer coming back. What's his name? Ford kid. They're... Yeah, but they lose Overshone, who I thought was a really good player and really productive for them for a few years. They're still not going to be very good um, on the on the defensive line, on the edge, getting to the quarterback. Uh, but they got a really good defensive coordinator. Really good. And they're going into their third season under him. So I don't know how many guys they have that, that are going to – you know, have have a lot of experience in the system, but as an, an overall group, the knowledge base is much higher defensively than it was last year. So, like to me, that's that's the thing. It's offensive line, Ewers, and overall defensively, like you may not have the star power of a year ago, but overall. With everyone being in the system an extra year, you should raise the level of play. Okay, so that's those three are fine. I don't know if you rank them, but if you were ranking those in terms of importance, you had Ewers at two. I've got Ewers at one. Like I, I just, I don't think that he can have similar performances as last year, and they roll off ten wins and win the conference. I mean, he's got to be, he's got to be much better than he was a year ago because yeah. of how consistent he was. So, yeah, I, I, I just. He's going to have to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league, if not the best quarterback in the league to me, if if they're going to win the conference. Right. I, I was going to say like a reason why they could win 10 games as well. Maybe Oklahoma just doesn't have the roster that we're hoping that they're going to have this year. Maybe Alabama just really isn't the same Bama. Maybe TCU takes a massive step back. But all of that is kind of null and void because I've seen Texas suck with a far easier schedule than what they have this year. Right. So, I mean, I, I know the schedule always factors in, but their consistency from week to week has got to get better, man. It's right. got to. Well, you know, I I, I just kind of went back and looked last year, and they beat K-State 34-27 in Manhattan. Tried to get that game away late, but yeah. Um, Quinn Ewers was, was okay, 18-31. 197 yards, he had two touchdowns. But here's the thing. They fed B. John Robinson. 30 carries for 209 and a touchdown. Roshan Johnson had seven uh, with for 62 and a touchdown. Like those two guys right there were the massive part of the offense against Kansas State. They're just – I don't think they're going to be able to do that. Now, it's going to be easier with whoever takes over at running back if their offensive line is what people are, are saying it is. But I'm not so sold on that. Like, I keep hearing that. Kelvin Banks is apparently the second coming. Their next well, great tackle that they're going to have. That's that's fine. And they played another freshman last year. And I remember going to the OU game. He had played, like, poorly going into that one. I, I think he was one of their guards maybe. But here's the thing. I, I I get that, but there were times last year, a lot of times, that if Bijan Robinson wasn't in the game for him, they flat out could not run the ball at all, right? Um, I mean, just think of that TCU game. It they they should have had opportunities late, but they couldn't convert anything on the ground. They couldn't couldn't get the chains rolling at all they just kept running their head against a a brick wall they rushed 22 times for 28 yards in that game 
didn't have a long over nine yards. I, to me, that's where it's really telling on their offensive line. Ohio, Those are abysmal rushing numbers. Ohio Sooner on the text line, Texas having a tougher schedule scares me. It's the bad teams they really struggle with. Uh, 9-1-8, this is interesting. This Texas analysis sounds exactly like what Oklahoma has to do. Quarterback's got to be better. Offensive line and what, de- oh, defensive well. line were the, uh, were the other two? Uh, well, we have to be better at O-line. We have to be better at quarterback. We got to be way better at wide receiver. Um, we were really good at H-back. Um, but we need to be better at tight end overall. We need to be better at defensive line. We got to be way better at edge. We got to be way better at backer. We got to be way better at cheetah. I we got to be better at every single position you, you on the field. Forgot kicker. You need to throw. We got to be better at kicker. <laughs> Hell, we got to be better at punter. I I know we had a great punter with Turk had a huge leg. He also had more touchbacks by a huge number than anyone else in the conference. That's not a good stat as a punter. Cherokee Sooner, they get to play 10 out of 12 games in their home state. That's the reason. Who cares? Well, I I, mean, mm. that's a (laughs) – playing at TCU because it's in your home state, I, that's the same as us playing at TCU. It's the same distance, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that big. I mean, I know. I know it's not that big of a deal. Now, maybe more Texas fans are able to come to that game versus a road game at West Virginia, but TCU is still going to pack that place and have the majority of the fans there. Same thing for they play at Baylor this year as well. Yeah, they at TCU and at Baylor, at Bama, at Baylor, at Houston. At TCU, at Iowa State, that's going to be a tough one late. So, yeah. And then, obviously, OU Texas is away from Austin. So, I mean, that is a big benefit for them. But, that is, dude, it's a brutal schedule. Their their last four weeks of the Big 12, Kansas State, at TCU, at Iowa State, Texas Tech, uh, that is – that's a that's a really tough slate to try and like if things have gone well up to that point, like that's four tough weeks right in a row. Yeah, and, but there's an absolute scenario there where things haven't gone right uh, going into that final four game stretch. They could be a three loss football team potentially going into that three game stretch or that four game stretch. Sorry. Well, they absolutely could be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Text line, yes, text line. We did see that Ryan Mallett mm. uh, drowned. Um, thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Terrible situation. Brutal. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, I don't have any information as to what exactly happened. I, um, I can't confirm this, but someone on the text line is saying seven people have drowned in the last nine days in Panama City alone. Riptide. Rip currents, um, double red flags, over 40 rescues. Yeah, it's brutal. It, it doesn't take much at all to you know, take a short little swim out to grab a, a volleyball or a football that got thrown a little deeper than someone threw it over your head. You pull your feet up off the ground. 
and you try and set them down and there's nothing there and you're you're flying sideways down the beach it just doesn't take long at all to be fighting against it brutally that's tough got to be careful out there all right quick time out we got a couple of uh, segments left stay with us keep it in the text line 651-3439 make the right call for ou coverage in the sooner state lock it on the ref sports radio network your home for sooner fans services and the ad council He comes in for a visit, and I don't think that they were planning on signing him. He shows up, and he puts a big giant dip in his mouth, and he crushes the workout, uh-huh. and then he won't leave. And he's like, <laughs> "No, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm playing, right?" And so like we we kind of sign him, and then like we go to walk through the next day, and it's just full speed. I mean, just yeah. full speed. I had played against him in college, right when he was yeah. at Oklahoma. I was yep. a freshman. We ended yep. up beating him somehow, but I mean, I remember watching him like. In warm-ups, thinking like this mm-hmm. is the, this is the crazy. Like this guy is unbelievable, right? There's Colton McCoy talking about Adrian Peterson and their time in uh, Washington together, late in uh, later in AD's career, I should say. And uh, Colt McCoy was still like, whoa, that guy puts a dip in and he could still go. Watch out, man. I love the best part of the story though, is how he just kind of signed himself. Uh, said that he he's like he wouldn't leave, so we just yeah, well, you know kind of signed him. Future Hall of Famer, you can do stuff like that, right? I know I just killed the workout. Um, you, you thought you were bringing him in for a tryout. He was actually trying you guys out. Yeah, I'll stay. Yeah. From the text line on the nine one eight, what's the most intriguing new head coach situation coming up? Rule, prime, freeze, or fickle? Uh, intriguing. I think probably Deion Sanders, though expectations are starting to become a little bit more realistic, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's still going to be fun to follow. Um, You know, I think that – I think Rule ultimately to me is is more intriguing – I I don't think Dion is going to stay at Colorado for long. I if he revamps that roster, I win a handful of games this year, that would be quite the accomplishment and then have a nice season next year. I I think he's I think he's going to take a big job somewhere. I think sure. he'll get a big offer. No, but I I do think Rule he he could be there for the long haul. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah. I think Rule could be could be at Nebraska for the long haul, assuming things go well. And I I just I'm biased. Full transparency. I I think Rule is excellent. Um so I'm in a sense pulling for him. I think he's gonna do well there. I think he is the exact personality that they need for that job yeah well personality wise he's definitely different than scott frost different like way different he's going to do really well recruiting because of because of how he is he's the donors everyone around the program are going to love him like he's never been to a place like that either that i feel like is going to like fully reciprocate everything that he puts into it out of those four um rule prime freeze or fickle for whatever reason, Luke Fickle in Wisconsin ranked fourth on uh, my list. 
Hugh Freeze, like, he's either going to win big or it's going to go terrible and the place is going to burn down. Or he could win big for one year and then two years after it's going to completely burn down. Regardless, the ending's going to be intriguing or interesting uh, with Hugh Freeze at Auburn. No yeah. telling what could happen there. That's a wild card. The fickle, the fickle situation at Wisconsin is it, – it has – massively flown under the radar. There's a lot of buzz around a lot of other things going on out there right now, and it's just been kind of nationally quiet for Wisconsin. And who do they who do they have coming in at quarterback? Well, who do they not have coming yeah, in at they quarterback? Had like a, a They've group. got Nick Evers coming in. Try. They've got uh, McKay Matowers. Is he committed or is he coming in? They've got um, they, They've got a bunch of different quarterbacks coming in. Because I guess they're going to transition away. I, I'm, I'm sure they want to have elite offensive lines and be able to run the ball north and south, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, sounds like they want to open up the, the uh, offensive playbook, maybe more so than ever up there. Yeah, I I understand that. Oh, Tanner but, Mordecai is up there. That's who's up yeah, there. Yeah, Mordecai. Um, speaking of, how long has he been in college? Uh, I think 2012 was his yeah. first year. <laughs> um, Wisconsin's – first of all, their offensive philosophy. I, I get that they want to open it up a little bit, but you can do that and still kind of stay true to what their identity has always been. And you don't want to stop that pipeline of offensive linemen I, yeah, and defensive sure. linemen. Um, but their their schedule next year – I, it is very, very um, serviceable. Such is life in the uh, Big Ten West. You normally have a pretty yeah. manageable schedule. They, they host Ohio State late in October, and they've got to see if they can uh, beat Gary McCord. Hmm. But other than that, it's Indiana's hmm. and Northwestern's and Purdue's and Rutgers. It's like it's the dream schedule. Softball Steve in all caps. Nebraska will win more games than they lose next season. Right, go figure. Hmm. So you're saying seven and five next year, softball, Steve? They don't have to be very good. If they beat Buffalo, Georgia Southern. Oh, the, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Wisconsin. Not he said Nebraska. Nebraska They're played at Colorado schedule. in the non-conference. I don't know who they draw out of the East between uh, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. I'm not. I'm not sure, but they've got. Just with that Michigan. Big Ten West schedule, they, they should be able to get to six wins, surely. Though they really haven't gotten close here recently, now have they? At Minnesota, at Colorado to start off the year. So Yeah, they're at Minnesota on that. Uh, that opening Thursday night, I was telling you, 60 days until I think we get another uh, collegiate sports event, mm-hmm. at least major one on TV. It's that Navy-Notre Dame game. And then USC plays like San Jose State that later that night. That's on that Saturday. Um, but then that next Thursday – You've got Nebraska at Minnesota mm. and then Florida at Utah, both at 7 p.m. that night. Nice. So, yeah. That Florida-Utah game was a good one last year. Uh, That's a heck of an opening Thursday night game. Like Those two right there, like, sign me up, please. Shocked that Utah lost that game last year. Um, uh, Fickle may have the best chance to succeed, though, says the texture of the 918. Dude took Cincinnati to the playoffs. Yeah. Wisconsin's not a bad program. They've been excellent defensively. There's going to be some good talent, good good leadership and experience there on the defensive side. 
always, like we said, good on the offensive line. That's a good place to start. I mean, it's it's not a bad place to go. What's the ceiling, though? It's going to be hard for them to ever get past a in Michigan the, uh, in, or a yeah, Ohio State. In the Big Ten schedule, they're, they're about, about to, to change. Uh, change from divisions. Yeah, that's that's not great for uh, Wisconsin. Uh, the question is, says Camo Sooner, does Matt Rule like Runza and Bushlight? I could see Bushlight, but I just don't know how people like those Runzas. I just I don't get it. I don't understand. I tried it. I, j- I don't get it. Isn't Runza what you get after drinking Bushlight? I think Runza's what you get after eating Runza's. <laughs> right. But, yes, your version is correct as well. Oh, that's funny. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. Final segment of the day coming up next. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. At Lander Chevy Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. 